There is only one in this universe. And that one's name is I am. There can be nothing else except I am. Now, whatever impression has been made on I am becomes a living, breathing, dimensionally vast object. So the experience of life itself. That was impressed upon I am. Or should we say it came from I am. From a place unknown. Either way, all we have to deal with is the very essence of life which is the principle of life itself. And that principle of life cannot exist in any form, but it has to exist in infinitude. So there was an infinite impression of life. That infinite impression of life became dimensionally objective. It became movements, intelligent movements, patterns, causes and effects. It became physicality in all of its ways. It became and always was thought. Those are the original objects of the physical third dimensional world. The thoughts are the fourth dimensional complete reality. Those are objects projected from life itself. That's why they are living and create more life. Like begets like, like attracts like. More is more. You can say it whatever way you want to. But life, the principle of life has become physicality, this physical universe. Look at the sun and the moon and the stars. Us. So there is nothing that is not living in existence because that would contradict the very impression of life that caused all of this to exist. So understanding that there can only be life, what do we have to fear? We don't have anything to fear. When you just expect life, because that's all there is, you're not being cocky or arrogant. You're not even manifesting. You are accepting the gifts of life that have been given to you. Accept all gifts of life. And give all gifts of life.
the most beautiful thing about the gifts that we've been given is that they were given. That's the beauty of it. Because no one knows from whence they come and no one knows whence they go. In a poetic way. Where is where does this gift that is you come from and disappear into? That's the great mystery. We never come up with an, a beginning to our existence and we can never conclude our existence. It's as if time doesn't exist for us. <laughs> it doesn't exist for who we are and that's how it really is. We are infinite and eternal beings that are having a physical experience. And while we're in this physical experience, we can direct it to our conclusions based on what we see and invest our mind in. If we can just see correctly and learn to see correctly, because this is not something that just comes with us. We are born with a fleshly vision, but we have to develop and purify the spiritual vision. You have to purify the spiritual vision. You have to develop it. So there comes a point in humanity where your growth that happens automatically stops. And then you start to experience the experience of decline, decay or death. Because of it. Unless you actively take up your mind and begin to develop it further. You will be encouraged to do so by the pain you feel and the suffering you feel. That suffering and that pain will be coming from an unknown and unexplored part of yourself. You will, for many days and many years for some of you, many cycles you will think that it's something outside of you that is causing an effect inside of you you will not recognize that it is what is going on inside of you that is projecting an entire life form that you call your mother your father your sister your brother your boss your dad your the population the globe relative to you it projects everything relative to you. Consciousness does this. It projects everyone relative to you. Whether they are seen or unseen. So it's a beautiful thing. We're doing it all. And who are we? When I speak, you don't hear this outside of you. You hear this coming from the inside of you. These words even are being interpreted and they come from the inside of you. The experience you have of me comes from the inside of you. Only things come from the inside of you and you exist here and now always. You always are in the moment, no matter if you're in a dreamy state, a sleepy state, a waking state. 
a rich state, a poor state. You always exist simply here and now. You can say the words, I am. And that's all you know. That's all you can declare. Absolutely. Everything else you could declare relatively. <laughs> okay, listen. You cannot declare anything except I am absolutely. There's nothing that is absolute except I am this. That is one thing that can never be not. <laughs> it can never be not. That's the best way to explain that. <laughs> and then there is everything else. Which is only relative to other things. So if you refer to yourself as the part of you that is relative to other things, you're not referring to yourself at all. You're not referring to actually you. You're referring to the projections that are your thoughts, your character. You are speaking of a creation of yours. Something that came from you or holds you but isn't you. So relative reality is fun. It is to be experienced with grace and beauty. It is to be experienced with honor, respect, love, acceptance, joy, life, wisdom, light, love. It is to be experienced that way. But all of those things come from somewhere beyond the forms themselves. It is the one consciousness <laughs> projected. Now, the consciousness projected relative to what you claim yourself to be or your point of awareness. Attraction. Your perspective, whatever you want to call it, your all seeing eye. The all seeing eye seen through you. In a certain state. Your name is I am in a certain state of consciousness. There are millions of states of consciousness. What you are doesn't change. The states of consciousness change. And with states of consciousness come formed realities. States of consciousness produced, produce realities. States of consciousness have realities that go with them. If you go into a state of consciousness that is above the human understanding, then you exit the realm of hum human thinking and you enter the realm of the gods. Thinking of the gods. Angels, higher beings, whatever you want to call them. You enter into higher realms of existence. You tune, in, you tune into frequencies that exist interdimensionally on different planes because there's a frequency they vibrate on. Knowing there's a frequency they vibrate on 
that gives you the permission to tune into the frequencies that you've chosen. Once you tune into a frequency, you've entered into a state. You enter into a kind of state, a certain state of consciousness. Whatever kind of consciousness you want. Enter into it, walk in it, and accept it. That's all you do. A state of consciousness is the only concern. If I were to teach at all, I would only teach states of consciousness. I would only teach states of consciousness. Because when one enters into a state of consciousness as they do a thing, or even enter into a state of consciousness while they make a plan, or they formulate visions, certain states of consciousness formulate visions on their own. They go far, far beyond anything that I could conceive and conjure out of the already physically here things. Look, in this world, we have not seen a light city, but there is one. There is a city made of light, literally, not figuratively. It is a city made of light. It is here. Now, we have not seen a physical appearance of this light city. Maybe not for many generations. Maybe that's what Atlantis was. Maybe Atlantis didn't exist. Who knows? But what I can say is that there is word of certain civilizations and cities, certain experiences that just go beyond the experience of the human senses. The human senses are a certain realm to, free, to tune into. There's a certain frequency to tune into is the human senses. Um, there are higher, higher experiences. There are higher vibratory experiences to be had. Do you want to have those high vibratory experiences? You can have those high vibratory experiences. And what's the point, would you say? The ego only asks what the point. Because the ego is focused on a self as if it's as if it can get something from someone else. And the point of life is to get something from someone else. The problem with the premise is there is no other. (laughs) That's the basic premise. That's the basic flaw of the ego. It thinks that there's another. It doesn't know that everything that it gets comes from all there is. And it just it just centralizes and collapses on a point of attraction, which is called you. You have a field of reality that bubbles out around you. It is intelligent. And when the energetic particles, the subatomic particles come into place and they are ready to be put in their place, they attract they attract along the lines of creation. Of the human mind, the human consciousness. We know that the subatomic particles are first waves until there is a perceiving consciousness that expects something to be or goes to measure something. So the act of it, of the observer looking for something collapses the reality of what the highest potential of something he's looking for. Okay, if he's looking for the smallest particle. He breaks open the uh, the smallest particle that we found today, and then he finds an even smaller particle. He's going to find it because that's what he's looking for, a particle. You will find exactly what you're looking for, not because it was there before you looked for it, but the act of looking is creative. 
And that is the most overlooked fact of our existence. That is the most overlooked fact of our existence is that looking is creative. The act of me looking for something makes me form an image of something to look for. (laughs) Okay? The act of me looking for something forms an image. I have to formulate an image to look for. (laughs) 